All right, gang. This is it. This is the last we're going to talk about this. So you know what? I don't even have a bit today. We're ready to get into it. We are talking about the final three episodes of Cowboy Bebop. It's the real nerd blues. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The More You Nerd, your new favorite show. My name is Drew, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Miles. How are you, Miles? I am doing well. I am I'm excited to be done with Cowboy Bebop, and I don't mean that in any sort of way other than I am excited to have completed it. Uh, this is the very first time that I have watched it to completion. And so I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy with that. Like I've always championed this series, even though I only had watched the first 23 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I actually, I, cause I remember very distinct moments from the last moments of the show. And I wonder if I happened to flip channels and see that and didn't have context for it yet. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because the last. The last scene. Is something that I feel like I I have the same experience, I feel like I was flipping channels. Oh, Bebop, cool. And I actually the bang and like I was I just kept flipping. I didn't I didn't know that that was the, the finale. I didn't know that was the last episode. Um. I don't know what else I was watching that night that I just I didn't you know stick with watching Bebop, but I would imagine this would have been you know in the mid two thousands, so it was still probably in a run on Cartoon Network uh, because it would play all the time. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because I remained like I, I always kind of in my heart of hearts thought I knew how the series ended. Uh, and, and it's interesting because. And, and now I know everyone kind of hushes when they talk about it, they're like, oh, you know, and they trail off like, you know, no <laughs> one ever flat out like discusses the finale because it is purposefully vague. Yeah. And we're going to get into some of that when we get to that episode, because a lot of that was intentional by the by the creator. Um, oh, Yes. But before we get to that, let us get into the first episode of the evening, of the day, of the morning, depending on when you're listening to this, Session 24, Hard Luck Woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that they opted in this kind of trilogy of, of stories to focus on both Ed and Faye. Yes, it, it mostly because we we've, we've had a little bit of Ed, but this is really it's so interesting that that we are three episodes from the end, and we finally get. I don't want to say resolution, from Faye, but we get. We we get we get answers. So so let's let so right. Faye Faye is pouring over the footage that we that she got in. Uh. uh was it two episodes ago or is it just the last episode? Um, it was, 
would have been actually would have been th- several episodes ago. Um, would have been back in. Um, oh, I don't remember. I'm getting. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. We're 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 focusing on on the 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 beta max footage and. And and Faye is just sitting there kind of pouring over it. And it's the first time we've seen that. And I forget we watched the movie last time we were together. So, of course, that kind of separates everything. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm definitely glad that we watched the movie when we did. Yeah, me too. Me too. I have one thing to say about that aspect of it that we will get to uh, later in the episode. But. Of course, while Faye is watching this and just doesn't remember anything. All of a sudden, Ed pops in and Ed knows where the lion waterfall statue is on Earth. And Mm -hmm. she volunteers to take Fei Fei there. And that is really where the story kicks off. And we are introduced to a lot of weirdos, a lot of weirdos on Earth. Is nobody on Earth normal? Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, almost every single time you go to Earth, you just deal with weirdos. So, of course, Ed, uh, Ed takes Faye to not to where the waterfall is. She goes to this sort of orphanage uh, from Ed's mm-hmm. past where we are introduced to like a whole bunch of other kid weirdos and a and a nun who is taking care of Ed. And this is where I have to ask myself, how old is Ed? Ed's supposed to be, I think, somewhere between 12 and 14. OK, that I believe makes 14 canonically. That makes some sense then, because five years ago, before the start of the story, Ed showed up at that place and then two years later wandered off. Um, so if she's 12 when she wanders off, that that yeah, that works. That tracks. That tracks. Because um, I was thinking she was like eight or nine. And I was like, this doesn't really make sense, but that works. Uh, and but uh, the the nun uh, has a, a something for Ed and it's a picture of her father and you know we we which who we are introduced to not that far like we've seen him at the opening of the episode but we don't know who he is yet um right uh but then uh we're sort of sort of whisked away because ed finally takes Faye to where the statue is and Faye's not really remembering anything she's walking around and she's seeing things and of course who pops in but this old lady in a wheelchair that knows Faye. It's like, what? Ah! And, and, and we have this whole, whole, whole past. Um, and, and, but, but Faye obviously doesn't remember anything. And this is where there are so many like quiet moments. And, and there's a song that plays after, after Faye has talked to this woman and, you know, doesn't remember anything. There's this song that's playing as, 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 Ed and Faye fly away. That is like this part light and airy song, but it's got this little hint of sadness to it. And it just, it really, really works for me. The the musical choices in these last three episodes are extremely good. Uh, Like, I mean, they music has been a part of the, has been a character of this show the entire duration, but it's during these, somber emotional and character-based moments that the the character of the music really comes to life because it's it's such 
an identity within the show itself. And because we don't get that much, even even when we kind of see this this glimpse of Faye's past when she kind of has, you know, regained some of her memory. We, the audience, still don't know Faye. Like we, we have a couple questions answered, but th- this show is a is an absolute just masterpiece of giving you just enough of what I would call character plot, but still not giving you really any. But they I, give you I, so much character. I have an argument there, Miles. I have an argument because. We don't know what Faye doesn't know. But I would argue that we absolutely know Faye. It's just Faye is not. Well, we know Faye in, in so much of who she is. We don't know Faye in so much as who she was. And, and, and Faye has only just realized this and is still out in the cold. And when it comes down to what she has lost with this, she gained so much, but somehow lost more. And that's what I think this episode and her her role in, in the finale is all about. Because this is really where the found family aspect of the show. I mean, they've had a found family the entire time, but this is really the 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 heat of of that it's, of it's never until the i i agree uh this is the, when they these, realize it this is at least when this Faye is a found family it. that seems to despise each other until the chips are down yeah and until things get real and that tends to be you know when they they show they're like you know no matter what Faye says she absolutely cares about spike jet and i and, and <laughs> I said Ed. You said Ein, but that's. <laughs> I'm sure she cares about. Yeah, Ein I said too. I said Ed and Ein. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and 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 as we see in at the end of this episode and the beginning of the next, Spike absolutely cares about Jet, Ed, Ein, and Faye. And like so, despite whatever they say, their actions and their their demeanor say otherwise you know yes. spike says at the beginning of the show and jet echoes this that you know what was it uh now i know what you mean children about, dogs about and children. women with attitudes yes <laughs> well let's, and <laughs> let, let's switch focus to the other half of the coin of this episode because it is just as important even though it is played a little bit more for laughs um and that is the bounty that jet and spike pick up while this is all going on which it's is great. for apple dairy sinis hesap luften who just so happens to be ed's dad yeah. <laughs> ed's dad who has been apparently searching for her for seven years doesn't remember if it, if if ed is his son or his daughter <laughs> who refers to I, ed I, as I, friends i love that <laughs> Uh, who refers to Ed as Francois, which is which is very, very weird and funny. Um, but he and his his uh, partner, whose name uh, he no he does not remember, uh, which is uh, McIntyre. Yeah, McIntyre. 
McIntyre, yeah. So we have Apple Dairy and McIntyre. It's Apple Mac. It's a it's a Mac reference, guys. Yay. <laughs> but uh they are map makers on Earth who are every time because uh, if we remember back to the previous epi- episodes that we came to Earth, there are constant meteor showers because of the accident 60 something years ago that rain down destruction and every time that happens apple dairy and his assistant run off to remap the area because with maps you get uh you you get uh what do they call it you get you get uh like it sets things right and it puts people at ease so that they can grow and of course their job is never done because the map changes every five seconds which is just a, a funny funny moment um I just I thought that was so funny. And when Ed, when when he's got these this chicken and he's eating, he's just eating raw eggs like he's just drinking raw yeah. eggs. It's, and it's <laughs> so gross. It's so gross. And Spike and and Jet are going after him because of a bounty that they found for 50 million Wulongs. <laughs> but Jet didn't notice the decimal point. It's only 50 Wulongs. It was just Ed trying to get them to, to go after him, which is funny. But yeah, because Ed wanted them to find uh, her dad. And I, I love this. This is, this is a goofy family episode in a way that only Cowboy Bebop could tell. Yeah. And there is something. Ed's stories are always interesting because Ed is such a loud character. And you risk a lot when you give her a little too much severity because it kind of shatters the image of Ed. And they've always been really, really good of just walking that razor's edge. And Mm -hmm. and I think this episode is a very, very fantastic example of that because all this stuff is clearly important to Ed. But Ed doesn't often break her sunny disposition she's she's got she's got a character that she is regularly in and right and 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 you actually you see in those moments where ed is debating whether to leave the ship Mm -hmm. and ultimately we we don't really we don't really kind of know like we don't see her leaving we just see spike smoking on the bridge in the dark while Jet comes up and and uh, and and looks at him, and Ed has written "bye bye" on the 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 landing pad on the front of the ship with, with uh, a, a character of her face. Yeah, and uh, and then the scene that just really gets me because they just they had to do it is Ein Ein goes after Ed, oh, uh, deliberates a little bit at first, and then goes after Ed, and you know. Ed is doing the typical, you can't go, go away. You can't, you can't come. And I, I'm not going to be back for a while. And of course, I being the, the stalwart pup that uh, he is uh, sticks with Ed. And, you know, even though Ed says, well, you know, may not be coming back for a while, if at all. And, you know, I just, burp, burp. I is, is very much Ed's pupper. Yeah. And, and those two always have. I mean, I'm honestly surprised by the the restraint to not have some sort of uh, Ein Ed OVA in the future, <laughs> <laughs> because you easily could have. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, well, Netflix may have tried to do that, but 
that ain't gonna happen no more um although there is a campaign to save the show so we'll see we'll see yeah if if we had if we had time things out differently or if we had you know decided to be suicidal with our episode count per weekly we had we had initially talked about you know watching the netflix show but once we kind of set the course for everything we realized that oh, this is too much this is too much bebop you know th- this is not the new direction for the podcast it would be yeah. become a cowboy bebop show it's not the cowboy bebop cast uh so i do want to i do want to get get back to the to 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 phase story but i do have to say one last thing <laughs> ed's dad gives jet and spike a bunch of eggs and they just yeah. sit there eating hard-boiled eggs and i'm like boys did you not see cool hand luke this ain't going to end well <laughs> Well, but they're also guys. We've seen their diet. They're they're not exactly the healthiest guys. They they eat what is in front of them. I think <laughs> I think the episode prior they they had like noodles as the only meal for like six straight days. So, and and we're not talking, you know, fancy fancy fees. We're talking like that. This cup of noodles, <laughs> the same cup of noodles as their only meal. Which I you know what we didn't mention this. I don't think last last week when we talked about or last two weeks ago when we talked about the movie but one of the things that i loved and we were were paced so fast that i forgot to go back to is i love the the instant noodles technology they have oh yeah where they'd like pull the thing in the bottom and yeah i loved it it was such a neat thing and it's again it's one of those things where if they had opted to release a series of books or short stories or whatever set in this world doesn't have to be necessarily about this crew. I would read it. I love this. Honestly, pretty. I'm trying to find the right words, but. I, it goes back realistic. to that. subtle. It goes back to that subtle world building and that sort of it's it's. It's futuristic, but it's it's well-worn sci-fi if like well it's 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 also you know it, it obviously it, it, it is futuristic but it's also very i mean it's 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 blue contemporary collar. it's contemporary it's blue collar like it's it's the same kind of feel that you get watching something like firefly where firefly is like cowboys in space and they've got six shooters and blah 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 but they also go to places oh. that have neon signs and and eat right food. i mean go well let's face it firefly owes very much everything to this and that lost door so <laughs> yeah i mean there's no um, denying that but i i think that yeah there, there's something about this because i don't want to use the word realistic but there there is a way that they fashion the future in 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 such a way that you could easily see obviously not with the timetable that they have but in 200 years, if we are, you know, selling stuff in the stars, this could very much be the way things go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it just it, it feels natural. It feels like a natural progression of our current history. And there's just something about the way that this this crew of writers and animators made this universe that just resonates from the top and, and mostly from the tiniest details like your cup of noodles or, you know, the way that in, in this you know, episode, certain- in this episode, when Faye is asleep next to her Betamax player that's playing that, that was paused on the tape, it is blinking 
zero 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 zero. It's blinking twelve o'clock because they didn't set yeah. the clock on it, which is such a nineties reference. I guess eighties reference to a lesser extent of the clock on the VCR not being set right. And it's just that that little subtle thing that they don't don't spend any time on. It's just it's wonderful. Yeah, I I mean I I I love it so much. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I got I got a little up uh I don't even see misty eye, but I definitely got a little emotional when when Ed and Ayn were leaving because having not seen this episode, I was always kind of curious how they handled those two characters. And I was a little worried that like something would happen to where they were forced off the ship or, you know, you know, it's too dangerous kind of situation. And I honestly genuinely love that it's the exact opposite of that for Ayn and Ed. <laughs> that they get their own send off and they get to go off on their own terms. They and, get a little happy. Yeah. A happy open and, ending in a way that none of the other characters get to do. Uh, let's speaking of let's switch back over to Faye's story because Faye is. Is asleep and and, and just kind of sitting on, on the bed, staring and and getting gets up and goes to take a shower and as she and because water has been a theme with this waterfall this waterfall and as she's in the shower she looks up at the the water coming down from the shower and all of a sudden we get this flood of memories coming back to her in just this mm-hmm. this wonderful beautiful moment of realization and happiness and excitement and also terror i don't know because because we see a lot of these scenes from her from the video tape from the betamax tape that, that we've watched but we also see her on on a ship and we see that yes she was in orbit when the 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 accident happened that is that is the accident that that's it and 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 weirdly the 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 woman that she met earlier was aware that Faye went into to cryo sleep um Mm -hmm. which which was was interesting but this this results in in Faye running off and going back to this place that she thinks she belongs and you get this beautiful beautiful scene of her walking up this this path to the top of this hill and you see it in present day and you see it when she's a little girl and you see it when she's a teenager as she looks in, in the tapes and you see her kind of break from a walk to a run. And 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 as she gets closer, you see this perspective of this gigantic mansion house that she sees as a child and that she sees as a teen. And then, you know, you know, watching this, how heartbreaking it's going to be, because, mm-hmm. you know, as a viewer, that place isn't going to be there. And it's not a surprise that it's not there, but right. it still hits. It's still heartbreaking to, to watch. Yeah, yeah. The, the beat, the beat is absolutely still there. And I don't think that it would have worked any other way. And, and, and as she kind of goes through it, we are, the, the episode does cut back and forth a bit, but there is just this one scene where it's just it's just wordless and it's Faye kind of tracing something in the ground and and she just she sits and she lies down and as the the camera kind of pans out 
you see she has drawn in the room where the furniture in that room was in the dirt. And it's mm-hmm. just. It just I, I honestly I would I would. I would I would easily read a novella or something just about Faye. I think she is such a fascinating character and there's so much to do with her. Yeah, but but the other side of that coin is I am less interested in her backstory. I think no I'm not one, saying you have to use her backstory. But, but, I'm but, talking but, about the character it's herself. Sure. I just I, but that's that's the thing about about this this character and these characters. The I we at the end of this episode, Faye knows her history. She has her memories back. But we don't get that. And I think that is good because I think it is more interesting to watch her and to watch this show with us not knowing a thing still, but having this character that we have learned about and grown to to enjoy watching in the same time that the character has grown into who they are today. Uh, even if it is a <laughs> gambling, smoking, hard drinking <laughs> slacker. Well, there is that, but I, I do think, especially given how the series ends, it's, it will be really interesting to follow Faye uh, and see what she does. Um, because the entire time she has been directionless because she's lost. She feels like she's lost herself. And which now is, that she which is doesn't, true. I can say that's that's true of of Spike and Jet as well, which I think makes the next. I'm just going to say the 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 finale, it's two episodes, but they could easily be one episode kind of start. It, to finish. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a one hour special to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, I and, cut you off. Well, no, I, I feel like Faith, uh, Faith, Faith, uh, Faith is. Faith is so interesting because. I, I would say that we we get to know her the least in some aspects. And and part of it is that she doesn't feel like she knows herself. And again, I'm not saying that we need to reveal her entire backstory. I, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. But I think that it would be interesting to f- continue to follow her journey and and kind of see where she goes from here. I, th- I think that story is one worth telling and is one worth watching. Um, not that I'm I'm lobbying for some sort of bebop sequel. It, I'm just saying if we were to do if, if there were to be some sort of follow up to this show, I I do feel like there's a there's a lot more to do with Faye. There's a lot more to do with Jet as well. Yeah, which which is funny. Of all the characters, Jet is the one we get the most background on, uh, which is which is just interesting to to put into context. We have the least amount of background for Faye, the most amount of background for Jet, and a little bit of background on Spike, which uh, as we get into talking about sessions 25 and 26, The Real Folk Blues, parts one and two. Now, I feel the opposite about Spike that I feel about Faye. I feel like there's there's some missing pieces, even with the story completed, that... I would want to see that you would or would not would. Okay. I agree. Um, And I agree for a very particular reason. Um, Okay. So 
I am going to say something that is going to maybe be blasphemous about this show. Oh, boy. I personally think, based on what we see in Cowboy Bebop, the animated series, I get nothing from Spike's backstory. I get absolutely nothing. I I don't oh, I, I I actually don't disagree. I I um, think I think that they 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 don't tell us enough about his past to make me care about any of it. I know that he is obsessed with Julia, but their interactions on screen are some of the flattest dialogue in the entire show. I think well, vicious so, uh, part of that is I I think that we're supposed to and this this is where that kind of breadcrumb storytelling can come back to bite you. And it's not that it makes it in any way bad. Like these episodes are not bad at all. In fact, I think they're excellent. However, if we're, if we're just doing some nitty gritty nitpicky stuff, I I agree with you. I think that the show assumes that you have all of the gravitas that, that spike feels because this is Julia. And this this is a rare case in this show where it really it tells us and doesn't show us. And for this particular story that we have been building up since the first part of episode one, since the opening sequence, we've been building to this moment and this specific two episode story. I feel like it's the one time where they should have opened that up a little bit and actually give us some of that story. Yes. And don't have to tell the entire thing, but you have to give some really good uh, context, which I just I don't think we get any of which which we see enough of. We see so much in like still image black and white. Vignettes, but Mm -hmm. vicious as a character is. Cool, I guess, but uh, he's also he's 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 a Sephiroth. He's just evil. He just seems evil. We don't. Like it's so and 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 I'm not going to say that we haven't had characters in the show that have just been cartoonishly evil, like Mad Puro, for example, was a a cartoonish villain, uh, but we get some background for that, and we get some background for like like we know that in the past, vicious and Spike were not only teammates, they were good friends. I don't ever see like we're never shown that moment. See, are, even if we had seen like a photograph of the two of them or which we something. Do, we, do see, we do see that. We see the two of them like back to back smiling as they're shooting guys on the street. We see that a couple of times, but we see that. But we don't. There, there's a difference between. Being in the syndicate and like because because Smishes even says, you know, he kind of berates them when they have their first fight to the death in. um is it Ballad of Fallen Angels? I don't remember. Uh, whichever, whatever the episode's called. Um, we're about how, like, you know, Spike's lost his edge, da 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 da, he won't kill anymore, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's not what I want to see in terms, of, in terms of the context. Like, I, I get what I'm supposed to feel about the, the relationship these two guys ha- are, are purported to have had. But... I needed more. 
Yeah. And I, like, it's I needed not like often that I'm I'm asking Bebop to give me more. I needed like one more episode in the middle of this run to reinforce yes. some of these ideas, mostly because again, Julia, Julia specifically has been this pervasive element in Spike's story. And I don't think this is the first time we hear her speak, but it's definitely the only time we see the two of them react to each other in 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 and and talk to each other and we never see it in flashback we we see it like it it's just it it bothers me so much and maybe maybe I should go back and watch Ballad of Fallen Angels before and w- try to rewatch the finale to see if it gives any more context to it but i think there's another side to this coin in that i do also wonder if maybe that's the point that maybe and spoiler warning for uh the end of this episode that you're listening to us spoil um that maybe on some level i hate that we're already getting to this point because we have two full episodes to talk about content of that does actually work really well but on some level we as the audience know how useless and stupid what spike is doing is and and that that in itself and being locked into that cycle is the the point of 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 seeing it that way i don't know is there anything to this that i'm saying miles am i am i, I, I talking i think in so um, I, I i i'm not 100% there but i i i i think i'm picking up what you're what you're putting out um, Let, let's go through some of the beats of the episode and see i'm yeah. sorry i cut you off no no no. um i mean the thing is the, the the first episode does set up a lot of good stuff and i i do agree with you that we should have had one other episode that was you know part of the meta story arc peppered in um to kind of fully connect the dots but i also wouldn't have minded if this series was 27 episodes I guess 28 if you had an, another one in there. Oh, it's, and, it's only 26 now. Right. So if you added one in the middle and then what I'm saying is I, w- I will also wish that the real folk blues was three parts. Oh, OK. I see. Because I think that this moves at a great clip, but I think, you know, part of the problems that we are part of the, the issue that we're having with this and and I want to I want to state right now I think this is a phenomenal two part finale I think it's very good sure I'm sure. just being objective and and saying what could have been better in what I have already taken a month and a half to call this show a masterpiece um, I think it, the, the the finale goes at such a clip that a lot of the context a lot of the emotion. And a lot of the 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 rawness of what's happening to Spike specifically gets a little glossed over by the pace of the action. Because mm. there is a lot of action in this because. Right. We have seen Vicious starting to make these moves and, and we'll, let's just let's just get into it. Vicious is trying to. To take over the syndicate. He's trying to take over the Red Dragon syndicate. And he is taking people out. Uh, he's ordering hits. He's he's going in to try to 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 kill the 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 
the the little guys that are like the head of the syndicate, although he gets captured at that point. But in the meantime, the syndicate is responding by taking out anybody who has ever left the syndicate. And that includes Spike, even though he hasn't been a part of it for a long time. So Spike, Spike and Jet are just at a bar drinking and they suddenly get a get a feeling and they both duck down. Meanwhile, the poor bartender gets blown away. Thanks, guys. You got to give the bartender a heads up about what's going on. Um, and they get they get uh, uh, escorted out by uh, by Shin, who was the brother of Lynn, the kid that used to work for Spike when he was still in the syndicate. We learn uh, that guy also died. So, you know, this is not a very long lived occupation being a member of a syndicate, I imagine. Um, and a uh, jet gets shot in the leg as part of this process, but, uh, but they, they escape and then we're, we're switched over to, to phase story. Um, which seems very convenient. If you ask me, uh, we open a hundred percent. So we open up on Faye at an airport. So she gets to be, or a spaceport, I guess. And she's just kind of, lonely and looking around and she sees this old woman who's talking to herself about how she doesn't want to be in anybody's way and she doesn't want to do this and and she feel she doesn't want to be a burden on anybody and then all of a sudden this guy comes up and helps her and it's the dude from big shots just <laughs> in i love that <laughs> I, I and it, it took me a half a second longer than it should have to realize it and then i was like oh this is great <laughs> and and even if you don't realize it uh the the mom because that was his mom we learned and uh the, the mom says well what about your co-host <laughs> and he says i think she's marrying her agent which is just a great moment but even after all of that i guess faye hasn't been listening because she's like why do i know that guy he looks so familiar <laughs> and they never go back to it never I go back that. to it it's it's I such love a that. it's such a fun little going away move um meanwhile she goes to to get her she goes to get her fish and uh, her fish. Her ship, not her fish. I'll tell you where my head went with that. The swordfish is Spike's ship. Right. And Faye's ship is the it's it's the red something, uh, which. What is Faye's ship? The red tail. The red tail, which bothers me because her ship is not red, but the swordfish is red. So I get confused between the two of them sometimes. And so I was I mentally did all that math and said she went to go get her fish. Um, anyway, she goes to get her ship. <laughs> and. All of a sudden, who drives up being chased by dudes and guns, but Julia in this red sports car that I guess it's not really a sports car. It's more like a classic car. And uh, and Faye sees what's going on and she steps in and she starts blowing people away and she's shooting tires. And it's like, man, Faye, go get them. Um, it's it's such a stylish scene because, you know, Julia's car stops right next to Faye in like perfect lineup and Faye hops in, they you know, speed off and, you know, they're trading shots with the the syndicate guys. It's it's such a cool scene. I, I love that scene. And, and after they get away, they, you know, they're talking and, and you know, Julia comments on how she uh, Faye is a really good shot. And she said and Faye's like, yeah, it helps when you're trekking down trekking down bounty heads to to be able to 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 use it when you have to and you know oh you're a bounty hunter it's like well i'm 
I'm on an extended vacation right now. And then she flat out asks Julia, who is not too bad with a with a gun herself in this moment. Um, you want to team up might be fun to, to be a to be an all all female bounty hunter team. And it's at this moment that we realize they ha- they don't know each other's names yet. And so Faye is like, oh, name's Faye Valentine. It's a it's a pretty common name. And then Julia says that her name is Julia. It's a very common name. And in that moment, it clicks to me. Julia knows exactly who Faye is this entire time. I, this I, is, I feel like they both did. Uh, Faye didn't realize until she said the name Julia. I see. I, I got the impression a, that Faye, that Faye knew because when she sees Julia driving by her, she kind of has a look of recognition. And to me, d- that was why she started shooting. I thought that, too. But when she says that her name is Julia, Faye, Faye has a gasp on her face. She's got a well, shock. So I expression. feel like I feel like Faye is like, I know that I know her and I don't know why. Because they're they're both kind of playing a game with this conversation. They're both being coy. I can see that. I can see that. Like Faye because knows, there's no there's no other reason for Faye to end that with. Oh, it's Faye Valentine. Uh, it's a pretty common name. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But but it also that super convenient plot point for Faye to just happen to be there while Julia is racing up to it. It means that it's not super convenient. It's all planned out. And it's like, ah, OK, this now works for me in a way that 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 it didn't. Right. Before. Well, because like Julia and because she, Julia does surprise um, when she basically says, tell Spike to meet me there. He'll know what it means. And then just pieces out. Love so, it. <laughs> it's great. And, and like I wanted more like. In that scene, Julia's freaking cool. Like, I really like that scene a lot. And I think that's what makes the kind of the second half of this just not, I don't want to say disappointing, but just not land as hard as it could have is if you just, you kind of, if you had fulfilled those moments the way that you had been building up to them this entire series. I think you would have knocked it out of the park and they just don't quite do it for me. It's still a masterpiece of an ending for a one season show. But as soon as Julia and Spike see each other at the end of the episode, it sort of deflates <laughs> to me. So I, I have I have feelings about that. I do want to get to a couple of other moments in this that I think are really important before we go screaming through the finale because the finale kind of starts and doesn't really stop. Um, Faye goes back to the bebop to go and talk to, to go and talk to spike in the meantime, vicious's plan goes off. He's been captured by the syndicate, but all of a sudden, as it turns out that weird bird that's been on vicious's shoulder the entire time is a bomb. What? (laughs) Huh? But he also ha- but Vicious also has a bunch of loyal guys on the inside that, of course, turn on everybody else. And Vicious is now in charge of the syndicate and he sends people out and they attack the Bebop. The Bebop, poor Bebop has taken hits. It's damaged. It's it's uh, it, you know. Oh, oh, see, I thought I thought they were on orders from the syndicate. And they couldn't be called back because it was they were still after them. That could also be true. I have to I have to pause because I forgot about a moment 
And it's, it's a moment. Uh, I think it's right before Faye comes back that Jet and Spike are talking and Jet is telling Spike this story. And it's actually from an Ernest Hemingway short story called The Snows of Kilimanjaro about a, about uh, a, a guy that's in the Sahara Desert and he's fallen and he's, he's dying in the desert. And, and he gets he gets picked up and they're, as they're carrying him off and they're they're they take off in. And I'm assuming a plane at the time uh, they fly over the snow capped mountain and the mountain is. The peak of Kilimanjaro. To which the 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 man. That that they picked up proclaims. That's where I was headed. Before. Fading away. As and because because Jet knows what Spike is planning, he knows what what Spike is going to do, and 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 I guess Faye is back at this point, um, and 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 he's not he's trying to to talk Spike out of it. Um, meanwhile, the Bebop then gets attacked, and we have a really awesome fighter sequence with with Jet, or excuse me, with Spike and Faye flying out to to take on these these Syndicate ships. And this is where I love this moment because this is really the last time that they operate as a team. There are missiles that are aimed at the bebop and Faye shoots down a missile that's about to hit the bebop before it can hit. Then a missile starts trailing her and Spike flies in and takes out a missile that's about to hit Faye. And they're working as a team and they're doing it wordlessly. And they're just because they know each other. And this it shows that they know what they're doing and they trust each other and they have each other's backs in this moment. And and once they're done with that battle, Jet just tells Spike to go that he's got to go find her and he's got to go get to, to what he needs to get to. And there's no words. Spike says nothing. You just see the swordfish just kind of do this little, this little flip move as like in, in this kind of little flourish. And, and then he flies off. And we then get a little, uh, we, we, we then we, we learned that I forgot to mention that vicious has talked to, to Julia at some point and told her that, if he do, if she doesn't kill Spike, he's going to kill them both. And they meet. And so the final moments of this are Julia and Spike meeting in the cemetery. They agreed to meet in and Julia pulling a gun on Spike. The end. Of at least part one. Did I miss anything, Miles? No. <laughs> the um, the, the the cliffhanger is great. I absolutely love that ending right there when they pick up is where i f- it feels a little flat so um and i love yes. i love how this episode begins because there's no tank no opening episode just begins there's also no music throughout the first half of the episode mm-hmm. yeah the, the music is sparse and again because music is such a important character it's equally important when it's absent and i think that that was a a a fantastic purposeful choice and again all you need is a little bit more little bit of context a little bit of fleshing out uh for for julia and spike and it would have worked because they feel so monotone 
They they do. They feel very like like I mentioned at the start of this episode, the dialogue between the two of them is the flattest, most awkward dialogue. It's in, it's, it's romance in the way that Matrix Reloaded has romance in it. It is it, it is two characters, two performers. I mean, we, we have uh, who voices Julia. Uh, it's it's a uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who is. She she has so many. <laughs> she's she's the major. She's the major from Ghost in the Shell. She's got uh, so so many uh, amazing roles that she's done much better in. And Steve Bloom is Steve Bloom. Same for him. The two of them have performed so much better. And mm-hmm. I I think and and I I debated going back and watching this scene with the Japanese dialogue because. I I re- went back and I, I remember reading about the the movie uh, 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 knocking on heaven's door that there was mm-hmm. a scene the scene when Spike and Electra are in when they're in jail and it was that scene that Steve Bloom says that that is when he suddenly understood so much about Spike's character that he mm-hmm. didn't have that context for when they were making the show. And I, I have to feel like that's a huge part of this. They, they were doing a read that felt like they were trying to do like this noir, like, you know, some dames come into my office and da, 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 but we're going to be as calm and collected as possible. And, and, and that just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for this scene because Spike, who has had this super emotional, like animated, not not animated voice, but Spike has been this character who has 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 flip flopped between super like jokey, kind of kind of clever, quippy and extremely angry, you know, Mm -hmm. and in this he's neither. He's just this flat performance and i would love to see steve bloom re-record this this scene with the context of the character that he got later um because i just think that would be way more interesting um yeah i i I definitely agree i and again it's it's because we know both of these actors are fantastic uh we know that the writers and and animators are fantastic and i think it's what makes this scene not quite work for me is yeah. is because of all the talent involved and you can say that you know that is their relationship that they are these kind of stoic people again very much like in in the the two first two matrix sequels um there there is there is some argument for that but at the same time because of the way that spike is throughout most of this series even when he's being a little stoic and stuff there's still life in there and i i just felt that this scene i get that these two are probably both very very tired that, well, in, there, in general i'm sure there's that but there's the other side where 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 julia tells spike that she's ready to just run away and go go away and go away together and she's ready to go and as you you focus on spike he's not even looking at her he's looking past her with this flat face as if he's not ready to go 
he like well, he, it's it, it it read to me that he was questioning everything in this moment. That I don't know. It's it's. I I, I think it was more. There is a little bit of numb heartbreak there, you know, because he had asked her that was eight eight years prior, whatever it was, and. I don't think it was that long, so, think, but it, it's been years. Well, because so. I know I know he he and Jen have been together for three years mm-hmm. at this point. Well, maybe longer at that at this point. But so let's just say four years. And he had been bouncing around, I think, for a little bit. So. It's it's been at least half a decade, I would say. Yeah, that's probably and, safe because we don't know how long he was, um, you know, being rebuilt around and all of that. Yeah. So. I would imagine there there is a lot of you know there's a, because this moment we is one we have seen before there's a lot of of heartbreak waiting that that phrase down so when she says that after all of this after what they're currently going through I think all he feels is dumb and and it's not that he doesn't want to do it that that's why I said maybe they're just both tired I wasn't being glib I think there is some deep existential exhaustion going on there which the more i talk about the more i'm like okay that works a little bit for me i still don't get the context that i think really would flesh this moment out properly um but that's how i'm choosing to read that that moment because as soon as as you know they start having the shootout with the syndicate guys and julia gets shot that kind of shocks him like he's he's being emphatic again he's being emotional again He's he's alive. He's being the and spike that we know. <laughs> so I feel like that, you know, seeing Julia for real, for real, for the first time in so long. And then she's saying the the last thing that he said to her. I think that, yeah, he is looking past her because he's looking at the past. And. With that it's one a eye that's that, always looking at the past. Right. Because he makes a whole speech about that before. Well, actually, that that speech that with his eyes doesn't happen until he's talking to Faye after this. Is it after? Yeah. So okay. Well, then then he then he then he defines the scene afterwards. Uh, me, um, me, meanwhile, though, I, I do have I do want to say that while this is going on between when Spike and between when Spike and and Julia are at Annie's store, if we remember Annie from from the previous episode that that. Uh, Spike had this warm relationship with um RIP Annie by the way <laughs> but uh we we yeah. Faye, Faye is back on on uh, Faye and Jed are talking on the bebop and Faye doesn't seem to like Julia too much uh it, like Jed is asking her uh, uh, about about what Julia is like cuz you know Jed has heard the name but he doesn't know a ton cuz Spike doesn't talk about that kind of stuff and uh she she makes I, a lot. I don't think what she says uh, indicates that she doesn't like her. She talks I think about she how, she understands why she is dangerous for Spike. Well, it's like she's she uh, I, I forget all of the words in this, but she calls her like normal, but the kind of normal that that is that gets people in trouble. Um, but but she does she does say that she's like an angel from the underworld or a devil from paradise. That she seems like this 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 facet that doesn't quite fit 
in one in one particular uh status or another but the, but b- between those two things it's it read to me that 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 Faye and it could be because Faye knows that Spike is will throw his life away for her he doesn't th- that she doesn't know if Julia is an angel that is going to that that comes out of this terrible place or if she's a devil that's out of this beautiful place it, it it i don't know that's that's how it worked for me um well that but i i i don't think that it's not that she doesn't like julia i just think that she understands what julia is to spike and it's a woman that she doesn't really know yeah but she knows the type and and that's not calling julia a type of woman but she knows the type of person that she is to spike and that can be multiple things it's why you know Faye points a gun at spike's head to keep him from going to avenge her yeah that's that actually that actually doesn't happen yet um well no well hang on i've got my notes like I have my notes in order because because we also have the scene before this because Spike's not back on the bebop yet uh, because Jet has gone back to talk to the 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 native native Martian. I don't really know what you would call it. Uh, The 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 to try to find where Spike is. And they have this whole commentary or comment about. You know what happens when a warrior goes and then when the warrior dies, the 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 star falls because everybody has, has a star that follows them their entire life. And I, I got a little taken out of that scene because there was very clearly a a PS one on the ground. And I stared at that uh, for most of that scene. So sorry, I don't have all the context, but, uh, but of course jet goes back and then spike returns and he's acting like spike again. He's he he wants, he wants dinner. He calls it terrible. (laughs) He calls it terrible. Jet has made bell peppers and beef with no beef (laughs) once again. Uh, and, and, and at this point, spike is getting up to go and Faye rightly calls him out on this. Mm -hmm. Spike told her not to live in the past because the past doesn't matter. And here he is. Yep. Wrapped up. And then that's when he says, look into my eyes, Faye. One of them is fake because I lost it in an accident. Since then, I've been seeing the past in one eye and the present in the other. So I I can only see patches of reality. Never the whole picture. And and then Faye basically kind of. Bites back, you know, you're still being a hypocrite. And then she says, you know, after he's talking about, you know, dreams she brings up her memory. She said, my memory finally coming back, but nothing good came of it. There was no place for me to return to. This was the only place I could go. And now you are leaving just like that. Why do you have to go? Where are you going? What are you going to do? Just throw your wife away like it was nothing? To which Spike says, and in, in, in a way that's just so cool and so Spike, I'm not going there to die. I'm going to find out if I'm really alive. I have to do it, Faye. Just the way he delivers that line is so good. <laughs> and it's so Spike that you're like brought back to. Yeah, yeah, you do. Even though like. Rationally, I'm, I'm, I agree with Faye. She is right in this 100%, context. 100 percent. But I, I like that this show understands 
in these kinds of projects, sometimes just because you're cool doesn't mean you're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because what, what, what Spike's going to do is objectively stupid. Spike has not been shown to be the smartest person anyway. Correct. Well, he's shown <laughs> to be smart, but he's very glib. Um, but at the same time, damn, he looks cool doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Spike heads off, uh, and we and and he's he's loading guns and he's packing up. And there is a a different, more muted version of the Real Folk Blues track that plays at the end of every Cowboy Bebop episode. I I loved that choice it's it's so much it's a really it's a really good telling thing uh and then um then it's time to go to the red dragon headquarters and take people out and spike does that very easily he kills a lot of those guys and he does it with style and he does it like in i'll actually say like efficiently in a way that we have not necessarily seen him do that before um it it definitely reminds me of, and I know that that's it's got some mirrors from the Ballad of Fallen Angels, but it definitely gives me like John Woo, Cha Young Fat film vibes for sure. Just the way you've got the white doves, you've got these elaborate action sequences. We we had the cathedral in Ballad of Fallen Angels, so the, this very you know hard boiled or killer style John Woo film. that 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 style comes back and it's always so welcome because man does spike look his best when they are channeling that john woo style and this is some of the very best animation in the entire series um and 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 rightly so this is the moment that counts this is the moment that you have to have that animation um i did think for a moment when shin shows up to help spike uh, in the moment is like, well, Shin's just suddenly there. Is he playing both sides of this coin? Is he doing something? And then he gets shot immediately. So it was just very I, funny to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was pretty amusing. <laughs> but uh, but of course, we end the 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 series with the showdown between Spike and Vicious. Vicious with his sword, Spike with his gun, and they fight and they fight and they they they. And it's it's a gorgeously animated fight. And at one point they they disarm each other, but then they look at each other and they they have a moment and they just kick their weapons back to each other and they finish it's, the fight. It's so cool. I love that scene so much. It is such a nonsense, like something that would only happen in like an, a martial arts film or an anime. And I absolutely adore it. And and in this moment, Vicious falls. Spike has been sliced because we see the blood from his midsection from the sword. Vicious is dead. We flash back to to Julia's death, which was wordless. We see her mouthing something, but we don't know what she says until now, which, where she says it was all a dream. And Spike responding in the moment. Yeah, just a bad dream. And as Spike starts limping down the stairs, a whole bunch of syndicate dudes are there and they've got guns pointed at him and they just pull and they're just standing there and spike looks up smiles points his hand out finger guns bang such a great scene falls to the ground spike lies there with a smile as 
it, the scene shifts up and it shifts up into the sky and it shifts up into space as, as the final musical moment of the show takes place. And at the very last moment, we see a single, we see one of the many stars in the sky that we're shown blink out, fade to black. You're going to carry that weight. And that's the end of Cowboy Bebop. It's a fantastic ending. Like, despite my problems with how this episode begins, uh, I just, I think it's such a great climax. It's such a, a great way to cap off this incredible science fiction show and you know a lot there, there's weirdly I, I don't know i i haven't been that involved with the fandom but everyone i mentioned this to drew and i might have mentioned this uh at the top of the show in the i've, I've never been spoiled for this show everyone always kind of trails off and they're talking about the end of the show because <laughs> they, they always say well wait but you know and part of it is that they don't want that. that I, I must have met some very kind people who didn't necessarily want to spoil something that they maybe someone around them hadn't seen it or the fact that we don't know for sure what happens at the end. Spike <laughs> is not as as far as we know, dead or alive. And Shinshiro Watanabe has said. Even before I made the first episode, I already had the ending in mind. Even though I had the ending in mind by myself, I was opposed by my staff. They were upset because they were saying that we wouldn't be able to make a continuation. I've never officially said that he's died. At this point, I can tell you that I'm not sure if he's dead or alive. I think probably rather than being yelled at for killing Spike, I think people are more upset that I might make a continuation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is such a fantastic, fantastic commentary. He is Schrodinger's spike right now, simultaneously dead and alive. And it is it's one of those things where you, you I, you know, personally, I don't want him to be dead because I want more Cowboy Bebop. But also the show is pretty perfect in its own regard. And if there was more to it, it would just dilute potentially dilute. Well, that. That, so that here's moment. the thing. Um, although uh, in 2017, as recently as 2017, uh, he did tell IGN Spike could be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, having watched a number of Shinjiro Watanabe shows, and as recently as the the Netflix uh, Carol and Tuesday, which was such a different vibe for him. Uh, he's he's done a lot of different stuff. He's done stuff that's cool, stuff that's action, stuff that's comedy like Space Dandy, something that's but as uh, terror and resonance is a very stark show. Um, excellent. But uh, kids in the slope is this really awesome show about kids discovering like jazz in the sixties. <laughs> um, I, a lot of people, myself included, when we first started this, this journey has said one of the great things about bebop is that there's 26 episodes, a movie, and that's it. And I still kind of believe that. But I also, on the same token, firmly believe that if Watanabe wanted to do something, if he wanted to do a second movie, an OVA, a sequel series, or just some sort of series of shorts, I have no doubt in my mind they would be quality, given the quality of 
television that he has created since this show. Yeah. Like this, this show opened up all these doors for him. And we got stuff like, like the shows I listed, stuff like Shamrai Shampoo, which was very popular here. Um, I believe he, I think he had a, an animatrix part, didn't he? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I am almost positive that he had a story in the animatrix. Um, yes, he did. Which and I'm curious. So. For me, I look at the stuff that he's done and the quality of work that he has done since then. It's not one of those things where like, oh, yeah. he made one cool show and yeah. then just like nothing ever quite caught on. He's had several shows after this. The only one I'm not really familiar with is Space Dandy. And I, I own Space Dandy because uh, I bought it for five dollars on iTunes and I have yet to watch a single second of it. But now I want to. <laughs> but everything else that he's done has been excellent so it's hard for me to say that like now he hasn't made many sequels to anything he's done so you know it could be that he just doesn't want to you know he's being glib about making a continuation because yeah at this point the show is pretty perfect and i like i'd rather talk about what you think happened to spike and and where they could go from there than actually see it It, it's just it's it's more interesting with questions again and this is the funny thing about this, because we talked about at the beginning of this episode, Faye's backstory is more interesting with questions. Like, even though Faye knows, we still don't know. And that is for the benefit. Jet's backstory, we know almost everything about. And, you know, it's still good. It's still compelling. Spike's backstory is not like it's good with with fewer questions, but it needs like a couple more questions answered <laughs> weirdly. Like, I, I, I don't know. Right. How to, and how to I know that, that uh, I know that he's not a creative director, but I know he had a production hand in that new Blade Runner anime for uh, Adult Swim. Which I need to see. I need to check that Which out. Which I need to see too, because uh, former guest on the show, Alex DeCampi wrote an episode. Oh, snap. Yeah, awesome. I remember seeing for a, like this was a while ago. She talked about right because I think she also wrote something for some English language uh, anthology as well. But she she was very, very stoked to be writing official Blade Runner stuff. And I love that it's I mean, it took so long to come out, but like it's now just coming out. I think the show is still being released, uh, I think, for the rest of this month, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the last episode looks to be uh, January 16th no it's not the last episode but the last one i have listed here um to go check that out and so yeah i when when this series ended i felt i felt pretty good like i was like oh man i would love to see more but i also like that the like i'm a big fan of single or limited season anime and I, I I personally watch a lot of 13 episode anime. And so I'm used to shows either not getting to continuations or just being like a one ep- episode or one season expression and being pretty happy with that. And I feel the same way with Bebop that this I would liken this almost to like a. A series of short novels that are strung together. Hmm. 
that make a complete meta novel. And I'm really satisfied with how this show ends. Because yeah. I don't think this is the kind of show where with the stuff that they're philosophizing about and 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 the ideas and themes that are at work here, having him, you know, be like Spider-Man and throw a quip and fly into space. See you later, Space Cowboy would be the correct punctuation mark for this series. No, I agree with that. I think this this is the way it was always going to end. And and the show is better for it. Um, until they decide to make another one and it's really good. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't think they will. Yeah. But, and, uh, and I wasn't like campaigning for more bebop. I'm just saying that if what not, they chose to do it. I would have every faith giving the quality of his body of work that it would be pretty cool. I, I, I you know, it's, it's interesting because I heard that there are some changes to the bebop story for the Netflix series. Um, or at least there were going to be. Uh, and I have to say, I'm fairly certain that one of them is probably Spike living definitively so they can make more than one season. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see if I ever get around to to watching that. I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm going to I'm going to see it. At, at some point in time. just a lot of a lot of episodes maybe i'll start it right after we record tonight or finish recording tonight just to just to see i still uh running through some some golden girl marathons myself (laughs) (laughs) rest in peace betty Uh, Mm -hmm. so with that said this is going to close our book on cowboy bebop it has been a run but as always as we move into 2022 onwards and upwards so miles What are we doing next week? So since we went into January with the remnants of 2021, uh, we decided to take a little bit of a a creative break for us. Uh, We're still going to be doing the podcast, but we're going to bring we'll be bringing something back that we used to do a lot of back when we were a trio or a quartet. And that is some good old fashioned spoiler cast. Yeah. So in the past, we would often do a a break in whatever challenge we were doing when a, a, a big tentpole nerdy movie came out. Well, this winter, a lot of big tentpole nerdy movies came out. And so we decided instead of trying to shoehorn in a three week theme for for January, uh, we're going to just basically do three of the big nerdy movies that came out. And, you know, enough time has passed that we felt pretty comfortable in doing some spoiler casts. And, you know, obviously the title of the movie will be in the episode. So if you don't want to be spoiled, by all means, you can skip that episode. And I'm really excited about next week's episode because it's one of my favorite movies of the year of 2021. And I couldn't be I mean, I've seen it in theaters twice. And if if people are skipping the episode because they haven't been able to see it because they're not going to theaters yet, I completely understand Um 
I live next to a theater that no one visits at the moment. So I was there by myself. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, we are going to be going through Spider-Man No Way Home, the newest chapter in the Spider-Man saga. The the biggest movie of the last two years. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Um, (laughs) But it is... um, it's an exceptionally fun movie. Uh, I'm that spoiler for 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 the spoiler cast. It, it's you know we, if you heard us talk last week in the Maury's, uh, you know how highly we think about it. But we did want to take time talking about it, theorizing about it, and really just giving the movie its its due. And so we're going to kick off a little a little spoiler month with Spider Man No Way Home. And like I said, I understand if you don't want to take that journey with us. We'll see you the next week. But if you've seen the movie or if you don't mind spoilers, please tune in next week as we dive into the multiversal tale of Peter Parker. Well, with that said, gang, we are going to end the show as we always do. Oh, wait, we got a little stuff to talk about. If you do want to talk to us about anything, you can find us at themoreynerd.com. You can tweet to us at themoreynerd. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreynerd. And of course, you can email us themoreunerd at gmail.com. That's themoreunerd at gmail.com. So until next time, we end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd out. out. See you, Space Cowboy. <laughs>